Take a Bible and turn to uh, Luke chapter 8. I want to read in just a moment verses 4 through 15. If you're able to do so, you're invited to stand for the uh, reading and hearing of God's Word. If you would like to use a Bible from the church, there should be one in front of you. If you would grab that, and I think if you would turn to page 864, that would take you over to Luke chapter 8. These are God's words, and here's what God says. Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast to it in an honest and good heart, and they bear fruit with patience. You may be seated. Father, thank you for your word. There is no word like your word. And so our prayer is that you would help us. We want eyes that see. We want ears that hear. We want hearts that receive and believe. And so we would pray for the presence of your spirit that you would show us wonderful things, that we would hear good news, and that we would embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Our summer scripture memory verse is the passage that we've just read, Luke 8, verses 4 through 15. Our uh, 
our hope would be to have an opportunity for us to work on that passage over the course of the summer. We won't spend the whole summer looking at this verse, or this passage, these verses, uh, but we'll spend a little bit of time this morning, and then, Lord willing, we'll spend uh, time again, at least next week, looking at this first of a dozen or so parables that we will consider from the life of Christ. Now, something that I would maybe offer to you this morning that might be helpful, might not, is that while we are going to look primarily at verse uh, at Luke chapter 8, uh, Mark and Matthew each list this parable that we've just read. And so if you would like to uh, hold your spot in Luke 8 and uh, put a marker over there in Mark 4, beginning at verse 2, but also Matthew 13, uh, verse 2. And uh, I might, depending uh, on how things work out in terms of time frame, uh, I might allude to some of the phrases and some of the ways that these parallel passages um, overlap and yet maybe say some uh, particular things unique to their gospel accounts as well. Um, and so we might be bouncing back and forth. Well, two things I want to accomplish this morning just by way of introducing the parables to us. First of all, I want to note something of the personality of the parables. The personality. What are these parables all about anyway? And then I want to note, probably spend a little bit more time on this one, uh, but something of the purpose of parables, the purpose of parables. Why did Jesus talk in parables? Well, first of all, the personality of parables. Parables are, if you would, comparison stories or, or comparison statements. Uh, here what we've just read is a comparison story. He's, he's likening uh, uh, the story of a, of a man who sows seeds in different types of fields. He's, he's likening that to something about what he is about. Or elsewhere, he doesn't tell a whole story to share a parable. He just would make a statement. He, he would say, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. He wouldn't tell us a long story about a mustard seed, but he would just say, it's, it's like a mustard seed. Here in this case, he's, he, the, the kingdom of God is, is uh, like a sower who goes out into different kinds of fields and sows seeds into those fields, and those fields uh, yield or not yield based upon the kind of soil that they are. Almost in every case, the parables... Uh, compare using an earthly story or using an ordinary thing, uh, they, uh, they, they compare that with something true in a spiritual or heavenly way. That, that, that these ordinary stories or these common things point to, reveal something about, illustrate truth, analogous to life in the kingdom of God, how to enter the kingdom of God, how to experience the kingdom of God, how to reflect the kingdom of God. So, like, look at verse 11 from Luke 
8. Now, this is the parable. In other words, here, here's, I, I've been telling you this story about a guy who goes out and sows seed, but, but now let me show you what I'm trying to compare here. Now, this is the parable. The seed is the word of God. So as it turns out, this story about a, a sower sowing seed is not really about simply a sower sowing a seed, but it's, it's, it's about the ministry of the word in people's lives. And while the sower arguably is the same and the seed that is sown is arguably the same, what is, what is unique here is that there's, there's four different kinds of soils that this same kind of seed is cast upon or sown into. And so in verse 16, it, he kinda, or verse 15, he kind of highlights, and here's the soil, here's the good soil that the seed really takes root and bears fruit in as it is in verse, verse 15, and, and for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast with an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So there's something about this, this particular parable that, it, that it, he's using a common story of, of sowing, uh, sowing a seed and, and yet he's wanting to compare that to the experience of the, of the kingdom of God as it comes to us and enters into our souls through the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the word of God. That's a comparison. That's the personality of the parables. And now maybe a few more moments about, well, what's the purpose of these sort of parables? And that's where we would jump back up to uh, verse uh, 9 and, and 10, for instance. He, he tells this short little parable in verses 4 through 8. He concludes that with, uh, he who has ears, let him hear. Then his disciples stay after the crowds are dispersed and, and leave. And his disciples, well, here in Luke's rendition, his disciples ask him, and when his disciples ask him what this parable meant, what this parable meant. Now, what, what Luke connotes here is that what, what Jesus has just tried to make clear, if you would, by this comparison, this illustration of a sower and seed, the disciples aren't getting it. And so could you explain this parable to us? Now, uh, Mark, Mark's gospel uh, broadens that, and Mark's gospel uh, says, and the 12 asked him about the parables. Not just that particular parable, but, but, but could, and could you explain all of the parables to us? Uh, I mean, so far, we... <laughs> We ain't got any of them yet. Uh, now, and then Matthew's gospel, um, the, dis the disciples are said to ask, why do you speak in parables? <laughs> We're, we don't understand the meaning of any of them. So, and it's so interesting that we grasp that because on the one hand, we're thinking, well, Jesus is taking a story from ordinary uh, life or a, a common thing, and he's using that to make clear some sort of spiritual truth about the kingdom of God. That's, 
not the whole story as to the purpose behind the parables. Uh, and so he says then, when his disciples asked here in Luke 8, verse 9 and 10, and when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you, not to the crowd who just left, but, but to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God. More often than not, the parables are meant to teach us something about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of what and who? The kingdom of God is the experience of God's rule and reign. They say, well, doesn't God rule the universe? Yes, but the experience of that rule and reign is, is not seen and felt and lived in everywhere all the time at this current moment. There will come a day uh, when God's rule will reign on earth as it does in heaven. But at this moment, it, it oftentimes looks like, who's in charge down here? It, it looks like anybody but anything other than God is ruling and reigning. And, 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 and yet that does not mean that he's not ruling and reigning because his kingdom is, uh, is, 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 while it's not fully here, it's certainly already here. Jesus is saying, I tell you these parables because they are teaching you something about the reign of God at this present moment and, and the reign of God that will one day more fully come. To you, it has been given to know the secrets, the mysteries of the kingdom. What about the crowd who just heard the story about the sower and the seed and, and the soils? Uh, it hadn't been given to them to know these secrets and these mysteries. What do you mean it hadn't been given to them? Who hadn't given it to them? Jesus goes on, and what's so interesting here in verse 10 and in verse 11 to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables. So he's answered the question, why do you even speak in parables? What does this parable mean? Why, is, why do you divulge the kingdoms of the secret, the, the, the kingdoms of the mysteries of the kingdom of God in parables? I'll tell you why. So that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. In other words, they hear the parable. A man went out to sow seed in the soil. They heard that. They got that. They, they saw Jesus teaching that parable. They heard Jesus teaching that parable. But as sure as they heard it and as sure as they saw it, they didn't hear it and they didn't see it. In other words, they didn't get the point. Now, what's interesting is, is Mark says a little bit more about this matter. Matthew says even more about this matter. But what's common is Mark and Luke and Matthew all together, when, when Jesus says in seeing, they may not see, and in hearing, they may not understand. Uh, and, and in Luke's elongated version and Matthew's elongated-er version, 
um, if that's the term, but um, they're all quoting in one way, shape, form, or another from Isaiah chapter 6. You remember in Isaiah chapter 6, when uh, the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And, and, and Isaiah says, woe is me, for I, am an, I have a man of unclean lips among unclean people. And, and then the Lord cleans, cleanses him. And, and then the Lord kind of rhetorically asks, well, who should we send? And, and Isaiah says, here I am, send me. It is in that context then, then, then Isaiah grabs the mission that God had sent him to accomplish. And here's what we see. Here's what we read in Isaiah chapter 6. Go to this people and say, this is the commission given to Isaiah, keep on hearing but do not understand. Keep on seeing but do not perceive. Make the heart of the people dull and their ears heavy and, their bl and blind their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and, and turn and be healed. In other words, go and minister the word to these people. But understand that the ministry of the word to these people will be a ministry that will solidify the condemnation that is on these people. Isaiah asks what you and I would ask, well, how long do I got to do that? And, and, and what it goes on to explain is you keep on ministering that word of condemnation until I destroy the whole thing. And then he says in verse 13 of Isaiah chapter 6, uh, and, and until the whole uh, tree is burned down, and yet there remains a stump. The holy seed is its stump. So you take an ax to the tree, you burn the tree down until the tree is completely destroyed. That's the word of condemnation that the prophet Isaiah was commissioned to speak to the people of Israel at that moment. And he was to continue that message of judgment and condemnation until all was destroyed except for a stump. So why did Jesus speak in parables? Because Jesus, while he came to offer salvation, I don't want to dispute that and we'll conclude in a moment with that. He came to validate and to confirm the present judgment of God upon the people of Israel. They had honorably rejected the prophets. They were in the middle of unreally rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus begins to speak in parables so that those who have an obstinate, hard heart against the Lord would, in their hard heartedness, not have the eyes to see what their eyes are looking at, not have the ears to comprehend and to receive that which they are hearing. That, that's a stout word. I think it's related to what Jesus prays in Matthew chapter 11, where he says in a prayer to the Father, Father, I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. In other words, you, you, you've hidden your truth. You've hidden the mystery of the gospel of the kingdom from those who, are, who see themselves as wise and smart. 
They don't get it. And they never will get it as long as they see themselves as wise and smart. He says, you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, such is your gracious will. Those, in other words, who humble themselves before the Lord, those who who see themselves in need of the message that Jesus is bringing, then in hearing, they will be enabled to have ears to hear. In seeing, they will be enabled to have uh, eyes to see. In other words, in in their debasement, in their humility, in their recognition of need, God will say, And they will be given understanding. The parables teach us that if you don't think you need to know anything about the scriptures, you know everything there is to know. Use smart, use kind, and use pretty. And you know what? That's all you ever know about the scriptures because you are bringing a a self-obsessed, proud, full heart to God. And he will keep you in that hard-hearted state, resulting in eyes that cannot see and ears that cannot hear. But if you come before the Lord as a broken person, if you come before the Lord saying, Lord, would you have mercy upon me, a sinner? I can't understand anything about your scriptures apart from what you helped me with and revealed to me and enabled me to understand. So, Lord, help me. I'm trying to understand your word. To you, it will be revealed the secrets of the kingdom because the Lord loves his little children. He loves those who are humble before him. He loves those who take him at his word and trust in him. He loves those who cry out in dependence upon him. And he opens eyes, he opens ears, he opens hearts. And you see that evidenced in what is exemplified for us in this parable. Um, After he explained the parable, I mean, after he stated the parable and he explained a bit to his disciples why he spoke in parables, Then his disciples, since they have come to him and asked for him the meaning, what does he do? Then in verses 12 through following, he explains that parable. This is not the only time that he he walks them through, but but not every gospel account uh, gives the full explanation to every parable. Some of them just linger out there. But here in this case, he unpacks the the explanation of the gospel for him. And, And I think that's the point. That's the illustration. What differentiated the disciples from the crowd is that the crowd thought they just heard an interesting story about a sower and a seed and some soils. The disciples were hungry to want to know the significance of that as it pertained to life with Jesus. And so they sought him out. They asked him. They approached him. Lord, could you help us? Could you explain these things to us? 
Now, that ought to be the way that you and I approach the Word of God, whether it's a parable or it's not a parable. In other words, there's nothing in the Word of God that you and I, 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 this is offense alert here, that you and I are smart enough and wise enough and intelligent enough and educated enough to figure out on our own. So whether it's a parable or some other type of literature, Every nook and cranny of the Word of God is meant to teach us about God and ourselves and life and this world and where all this is going and where all this has been and what's gone wrong here. And yet we will never get the point until we humble ourselves and desire to be taught by the Lord himself. For everyone else, The word of God is simply a word of judgment. The word of God comes to hard hearts and judiciously hardens those hearts and takes those blind eyes and confirms those blind eyes and takes those uh, deaf ears and deafens those ears further. until you and I are brought to the place where we cry out for the mercy of God. Lord, have mercy upon me. I am a sinner. I do not understand you. I do not understand your word. There's a sure promise, a sure statement in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 15, where it says simply this, the Lord has taken your judgments away. People whose hearts are hardened, people whose eyes are blind, and people whose ears are deaf because of a judicial judgment upon them can have that resolved knowing that it is God himself who takes away our judgments. How does he do that? Well, Freddie pointed us to that answer. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life and who died as a perfect sacrifice that upon that cross, the basis for why your judgment and my judgment, our judgment can be taken away is because our judgment has been placed on Jesus as our substitute. And so we run to Jesus. We trust in Jesus. We depend upon Jesus. We cry out to Jesus to not only take away our judgments, but to enable us to understand the teachings of life in his kingdom. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for everything your word says to us. For every word of yours is true. And we would ask, Father, that as we begin looking at your parables, that we would not be here to simply gather information, but that we would behold and hear and embrace wonderful things about our King and wonderful things about life in his kingdom. Help us, help us, help us to that end. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.